We're going green Maybe. today, drinking green smoothies. We are. We are getting our fruits and our veggies, and that's good for us, and it's good for the planet to mm -hmm. not eat a bunch of cows because they emit a lot of methane and, you know. Really? Oh, yeah. Livestock practices are not very sustainable. Mm-mm. Cow poop emits a ton of methane, and methane is like one of the worst greenhouse gases. Coming up in this episode of Listen, Listen to, to Your Mother, Mother Earth. Not cow poop, but the IPCC. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, this isn't the- Oh, um, no, 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 it's, yeah, you know me. Plus, an easy thing you can do every time you're outside to help the earth. I'm Ellen. I'm Emily. I'm Teresa. And this is Listen, Listen to, to Your, Your Mother, Mother Earth. Yeah, you know me. The IPCC. It's not all IPCC. I don't think I had the right rhythm that you had. It's totally good. It's okay. Yeah, it's a freestyle. But why are we talking about the IPCC? We've heard about them a little bit yeah. in other episodes. So this is just kind of a summary because they recently released a report in March. This is just kind of where they say we are, where they say we're going, and some action items that I hope people will take away as they turn off this episode and go live their daily life. Report Absolutely. card. So it's our report card. Um, mother would not be proud of this report card. This is what I have to say. <laughs> yes. There are yeah. some improvements that we can make to get that report card a little better. So coming up, what's in the IPCC AR6 synthesis report released <laughs> in March 2023. <laughs> Man. They need some help writing this stuff. <laughs> the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, just to review, it's the United Nations body responsible for assessing the science behind climate change, uh, created in 1988, and its job is to provide governments of all types across the whole world scientific information about climate change so that those countries can create some policies. Which really is a great idea, because if you're making policies, you want to have the most foundational science and also the newest science and the best science. So just making that available to everyone so they all have the best access to the most recent info is awesome. <laughs> Teresa has been up for like 10 hours at this point. That's why Ellen she's just giggling the sleep from her eyes. <laughs> I'm just the average nine to five Joe these days. So I'm like, what's wrong with average Joe? Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's my husband's name. Yeah, we let, yeah. We it's literally Joe. average, average Joe. Joe. His first name's Average. <laughs> I'm kidding. You said that's my husband's name. <laughs> Is this my husband, Average? <laughs> Last name Joe. Last name Joe. <laughs> Do you know? They used to call Slappy Joes in his house Untidy Josephs because he would cry. <laughs> Joe. Poor little Joe. We're having untidy Joseph's for dinner. <laughs> What's the highlight for where we are? Yeah. You said where we, we should hide this report card from our moms, so that we doesn't probably sound should. great. Yes. Um, and the longer report is 85 pages. If you want some light reading, mm. the help you fall option asleep. is there if you want a fun technical report. Um, but they also produce a summary for policymakers and they produce headlines. So they do kind of break it down. And that's kind of what we're summarizing here. Starting off with where we are, they say that human activities have unequivocally, unequivocally caused global warming. Not much room for uncertainty in that term. And it's mainly through the emissions of greenhouse gases. Yeah, we have caused global warming. Yeah, and something cool about these reports is that they are very good at saying the amount of certainty they have in a statement. So if you actually read through it, it will say, blah, 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 yes. high certainty, blah, 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 
medium certainty, medium confidence. Unequivocally is as high as it gets, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you, again, want to tackle the 85-page report, you'll see that language just because they are really upfront about, we need more research on this. We're not absolutely positive. This we have very high confidence in. This we have high confidence in. Um, so you'll see that language, and I think it just kind of adds credibility to what they're saying because they're acknowledging that science is an evolving field and that they're still working on things. But they use the term unequivocally there, which I would say is pretty definitive. Yeah. Well, putting numbers on it, um, the global surface temperature was 1.09 degrees Celsius higher in 2011 through 2020 compared to 1850 to 1900. And the increase has been larger over land compared to the ocean. Um, the observed increases in well-mixed greenhouse gas concentration since the mid-1700s, again, unequivocally caused by greenhouse gas emissions from human activities through that period. So they put numbers on it, they compare it to the pre-industrial era, and they say, yeah, we have warmed things up because we've been emitting those greenhouse gases, and that's not something that's up for debate at the moment. What I love, too, is even in that statement, it says it's warmer over land than the ocean. And I think sometimes people think that like when sea level rise happens or when the Earth is warming, it's happening the same way everywhere all at once, and that is not the case. We're seeing a lot of changes all over the globe, which averages out to this baseline warming or this baseline rising. Absolutely, yeah. Atmospheric CO2 concentrations were higher than at any time in the last two million years. Stop. <laughs> One more time. In the last two million years. Oh, it's like, did she say something wrong? <laughs> no, it's just, I know. That's a long time. Atmospheric CO2. Anyway. So there's more carbon dioxide in our atmosphere than there has been in the last two, two million, million years, years based okay. on measurements from 2019. Wow. Um, methane and nitrous oxide, again, those are some very potent greenhouse gases. We talk a lot about carbon, but those are also greenhouse gases. And those concentrations were higher than at any time in at least the last 800,000 years. That's just incredible. Yeah. Like that's no wonder why they use the word unequivocally. Yeah, yeah. And it all goes back to our land use practices, our unsustainable energy use, our lifestyles, our patterns of consumption, our patterns of production, those have all led to global greenhouse gas emissions continuing to rise and hence global temperatures continuing to rise. Okay, <clears throat> so that's where we are. That's where we are. You ready for the doozy? Mm-hmm. Where we're going. Yes, I am. That soundboard is just everything I'd ever wanted. That's a good, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, we'll leave it queued up. Yeah. So, it is estimated that warming will reach 1.5 degrees Celsius in the near term due to continued greenhouse gas emissions. When you say warming 1.5 degrees per year, per like just in general? Pre-industrial era. So okay. we will warm 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial global temperatures. Okay. Um, yeah, that is what they're estimating warming will reach and, and probably surpass. Again, I know sometimes people are like, what's the big deal? 1.5 mm -hmm. degrees? Like, come on. We live in Michigan. Like, fluctuates like crazy. Um, but we've started to see the impact that just 1.5 degrees has. Yeah. So one of my favorite analogies is like, if you have a fever, you start to feel the effects at 1.5 degrees warmer than usual. Mm. And the higher you get, even small increments, you know, upwards, 
it's no bueno. <laughs> yeah. That's a good analogy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, 100.1 is a big difference from 102. Right. And 104, like. Forget it. Yeah. You're going to the ER. Exactly. So I think we have to readjust our mental threshold of like what 1.5 degrees Celsius even and means. And that's Celsius. That's not Correct. Fahrenheit. 1.5 degrees Celsius is almost three degrees Fahrenheit. And another thing, if you listened to episode one, when you're talking about an average, that means more extremes. So more extreme droughts, extreme flooding, and that creates this average of whatever it is that we're seeing. Yeah, I will get into all those lovely changes that will be caused by that 1.5 degrees, but that's exactly right. It's just more extreme of everything. 1.5 sounds kind of, eh. But yeah, it has a big difference. Um, and not only that, but they expect global warming to continue to increase in the near term up until at least 2040 because mostly of the increase um, in cumulative CO2 emissions. So it's not like we're at the point yet where we're decreasing. We're not maxing out. Yeah, we're not maxing out quite yet. And every additional increment that you have of warming um, will intensify the hazards and make those extremes more extreme. This is a quote they had in there. Um, so I'll just read the quote straight from the report. Continued global warming is projected to further intensify the global water cycle, including its variability, global monsoon precipitation, and very wet and very dry weather, and climate events and seasons. Just getting wild. Just kind okay. of encompasses everything. Yep. More changes. You ready to go down the list? Oh, boy. All right. Reduced extents and volumes of almost all cryospheric elements, which we've talked about before, is ice. the frozen ice. aspects yep, of, our, of our Earth. So less ice. Yep. Increased global mean sea level rise. Increased ocean acidification and deoxygenation. And does that basically mean the water is getting warmer and hurting the, um, wi the wildlife, the marine life? Yeah. It so, means, yeah, the water is starting to, what, ingest the carbon and start to acidify. Yes. And then also we're seeing, like, less oxygen in it. So okay. that just makes it harder for the fish to live. Yes. Um, heat waves and droughts more frequent. More intense tropical cyclones and or extratropical storms. They do have a medium confidence by that one, just to be transparent. So yeah. they're still researching exactly how those ones are tied together. Um, but yeah, so more intense tropical cyclones with medium confidence at this point in time. Increases in aridity and fire weather conditions. They have medium to high confidence by that, just continuing to research it. An increase in heat-related human mortality and morbidity. Mental health challenges. What's um, the difference between mortality and morbidity? Morbidity refers to illness or disease. Mm. Mortality refers to death. Okay. Okay. So, so people we're are increase... be getting sick more and yeah. dying earlier. And just, yeah. Or dying more. And dying more. <laughs> because of heat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a pretty slam dunk one. But again, Emily, I really love that you've included the confidence levels next to some of these. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's so cool that the IPCC does as well, because yeah. it's like not all of these are at the same level of certainty here, but they're all leaning towards the same way. And some of them are like slam dunk. We know for sure. Yes, absolutely. Does it talk about why this contributes to mental health challenges? Is it the stressors involved in all of these changes? They don't go into it in the report itself. So I'll just say my take on it, I guess. Um, is just that, yeah, it's scary and it leads to so many issues like um, food and water diseases. And I think it's just scary for humans to comprehend that there could be food shortages or that they're unsafe 
living somewhere because they live by, you know, by the coast and water is rising. So I think it's just, right. um, yeah, the scariness it, and uncertainty yeah. and all of that. Um, I mean, it scares me. It's not, you know, it's just something that was never a huge concern. And now I think it's just another thing piled on that list of anxieties that humans already have. So that would be my understanding. They don't, um, at least in what I read, they didn't specify too much about it, but yeah. Yeah, especially again, like climate change is a, a force multiplier. Mm -hmm. So if you have people that are poor and already can't manage with like a not great housing structure, and then all of a sudden there's sea level rise as well at your particular location, that's going to be extra stressful because the house that you have that's not great already has an even more immediate threat that you can see literally at your back door. And there is a lot of research about what toxic chronic stress can do to someone's mental state. Like there are lifetime um, consequences to that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Mental health is part of it. Um, and then more physical things, flooding for coastal and low-lying areas, loss of biodiversity, um, decreased food production. So. That's just some of them. The list kind of goes on, but yeah, 1.5 doesn't sound super dramatic, but when you actually go through the list of what it can do, it gets to be a little more dramatic and something that we should pay attention to. They do think some future changes are unavoidable and irreversible at this point, but they could be limited by drastically reducing global greenhouse gas emissions. And that just makes sense. Like yeah. some things are, that we lose are gonna be lost forever. Like yeah. if we have an endangered species that bites the dust, we're not bringing it back unless we well, go Jurassic Park style. Well, you know, but save over those time. Mosquitoes. <laughs> but said over no time, one ever. Said no one ever. <laughs> save those mosquitoes. Heck no. But uh, like, I think the thing is too that's not included in this is the timeline, right? Because we don't know how long it will take because it's still an ongoing problem. But yeah, and the, f the more that you don't act, the less feasible options there are. It mm -hmm. just gets harder as yeah. inaction Which continues makes sense to take too. Place. I mean, that's true for anything. The exactly. far further you get away from a target, it's gonna be harder to get back. Yep, absolutely. So to limit those human-caused global warming effects, um, we need net zero CO2 emissions and current projections of CO2 emissions from our current fossil fuel infrastructure without making changes would exceed that 1.5 degrees Celsius. So as it stands right now, we're gonna get there and we're going to go beyond. The problem just becomes more complex the longer that we're waiting. Does this report also include ideas for what we can do to get to come back down it's interesting because um countries are kind of responsible for that on their own so it doesn't really say much other than reduce okay figure it out yeah yep and to be fair it's not you know their I job guess, right. is that you know scientific body their right. job is to explain the problem and and again i personally like that because i feel like it gives each country and each entity the creativity um and the freedom to customize policies that work for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like what works for us might not work for Sweden. Yeah, we all have different unique set of circumstances. Yep, absolutely. And they do talk about how adaptation and mitigation can reduce risks. I just don't think they say like, hey, here's this great mitigation technique gotcha. that you here can use for, you know, that would be um, that would be a challenge. Do you say that, quote, there's a rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future for all? Jeez, can, again, can we just stop? Because like Emily's voice is so pleasant that this is like a horrible statement. Yeah, it basically <laughs> is saying there's a meteor coming and you're all gonna die. You want me like, to say it really scary? A little bit. Okay, here's the next quote. 
The choices and actions implemented in this decade will have impacts now and for thousands of years. That was, that was scarier. I know. But I scared honestly, myself. Yeah, there's a rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future. And the choices and actions implemented in this decade will have impacts now and for thousands of years. And yeah. this is from a group of international scientists. Right. Yeah. The best of the best. So, again, these statements are just, like, so short. I know. <laughs> they carry so much weight. Yeah. Yeah. And we have the sound effects and the scary voices. But, man, it's scary for real. It is. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's scary stuff. And um, they just really encourage to solve this problem an increase in international cooperation, um, improved access to financial resources, especially for the vulnerable countries, because, and again, this is something I think we'll do in another episode, but it's not usually the countries who are omitting the most, who are affected the most. A lot of times it's the people who are not as much part of the problem, who are the most impacted. You know, it's they the don't, most they don't have as many resources. Are, yeah. Right. Air conditioning, things right. like that. They just say if we can quickly and effectively implement adaptation and mitigation actions in this decade, then the losses and damages for humans and ecosystems would be reduced. So they do, I guess, leave us with a note of positivity there. And they say, if we can do this, we're going to reduce the bad effects, which is hopeful. Yeah. It's a call to action. Yes. Um, to actually do something and it's just hard when you're us and we're just here sitting in a library podcast room it's not like we can go out and put in a policy that's going to make a huge difference but um but i think that's why we're doing this podcast because it helps to just talk about it and helps people to understand the issue better and talk about it to their people and now when you hear about the ipcc report mm -hmm. um you know what it is you it's know what true. it says and and why it's important. I think it's good for us to like see the problem squarely in the mm -hmm. face and then also like you said Emily like see the hope and see that there is still room for growth and improvement. And we're here to give you some tips that you can do. How can we home. make our mother proud this week? Hmm. I have a very simple one. Um, it's just if you see trash outside just pick it up it's a good thing to do i would take my dog for a walk every day and there was this glass bottle that was broken on the side of the road and it was there for like a week then finally one day i was like get a bag and pick that up <laughs> i mean it's not you know that's not good to just have on the ground so yeah I so mean, if you're out and about and you can pick stuff up there's a trash can you can put it in recycling bin whatever it is it's just a good thing to do. I'm the weird mom on the playground who's constantly picking up the wrappers. And the That's <laughs> good. But, <laughs> someone yeah. needs to be that weird mom. I'm that weird mom. It's true. <laughs> Inspiring. We love that about you. Oh. Thanks for listening slash watching. Listen, Listen to, to your, your mother. mother. Earth.